Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Hey there, I am still on vacation this week, spending some time with my family, so enjoy this rebroadcast birth story episode from Brooke. This is just a really lovely birth story of an unmedicated hospital birth. Now, I know you love birth stories because you tell me (laughs) that those are your favorite episodes. So what if I told you that there will be a way for you to easily listen to all 40 something of the birth story episodes if you want to, or you can just listen to the ones that are vaginal births, or you can just listen to the ones that are an unmedicated birth. And not only can you listen to specific episodes that you're interested in, but you can also get exclusive access to bonus birth story episodes. 
Well, if that sounds like something that you would love, I'm going to be sharing all the details when I get back next week. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast or on my email list, drnicolerankins.com forward slash email so you can hear all about it. I'm so excited about this, y'all. All right. In the meantime, enjoy this first story episode with Brooke. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 93. Thank you for being here with me today. So in today's episode, we have Brooke, who is sharing her beautiful birth story. Brooke loved birth long before she was pregnant, and once she was able to have babies of her own, she took steps to prepare for the hospital birth of her dreams. She was so inspired, in fact, by her own smooth flowing labor and delivery that she wants other mamas to have a chance at this empowering experience as well. Brooke actually became a doula after her first baby, and she is a therapist and social worker who serves women and families in Hawaii. She lives on a farm with her husband, her two boys, and she's surrounded by lots of extended family. Now, Brooke had what she calls a pretty uneventful birth. In fact, she thought it may be too boring to be on the podcast, which is not, of course, But through her pregnancy and birth, she really listened to her body and she advocated for herself. She did things to really prepare for her birth. She does not consider herself to just be lucky. She really feels like she worked hard to get to that day. And even though the baby was a little bit early, her son was born at 36 weeks. She had nothing packed, nothing ready at home. Emotionally and spiritually, she was ready. And she would love to encourage other women to do what they can to prepare, even if that means just preparing to be flexible. So we have a really great conversation. In addition to talking about how she prepared for her birth and her labor and birth experience, she talks about things like how she saw a pelvic physical therapist during her pregnancy, how she briefly considered a home birth how she had lots of folks in her labor room with technology because they couldn't be there because of COVID. She talks about her experience with a doula, her experience including a modified laying in period and the postpartum period. So just tons of useful information in this episode. I really know that you're going to enjoy it. Now, so many of the things that Brooke talks about are things that I teach and that you will learn in my online childbirth education class, the birth preparation course. That includes things like mindset preparation, creating a supportive physical environment in your labor room, being flexible, 
trying different things like different techniques for coping with pain, different pushing positions. You can check out everything in the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. There you'll learn about my beautiful birth prep process, which is my unique system that I use to ensure that you are calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth. So do check that out, drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right, let's get into this birth story episode with Brooke. Thank you so much, Brooke, for agreeing to come onto the podcast and share your birth story. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. So why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself, your work, and your family, if you'd like. Sure. Um, So I live in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. Um, I'm a social worker. I'm a clinical social worker. I'm currently in medical social work, and I'm also a therapist. And I also did a training to be a birth doula. So I'm a total birth nerd and lover of all things birth. Love um, it. Love it. <laughs> my <laughs> husband is um, Ka'anapu and we have two kids. We have a three-year-old boy and a three-month-old boy. Oh, wow. So I didn't realize. So this is, and I know we're talking about your second birth. I didn't realize it was so recent, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when I signed up to come on the show, he was just a month old. Oh, wow. 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 Well, thank you for, for coming on because I know this time can be tricky. Is he sleeping through the night and things like that? Or is he settled? Or Well, he's actually doing pretty well. He still gets up once or twice to nurse. But um, but yeah, we're hanging in there. Okay. All right. All right. Well, why don't we have you start off by telling us a bit? Because in order to understand what the birth is like, I think we always needed to hear a bit about what the pregnancy was like. So what was your pregnancy and prenatal care? What was that like for you? Um, yeah, the pre- I had a really uncomplicated pregnancy. It was good. Um, lots of cravings for sugary things, but nothing, <laughs> nothing too crazy. Um, I I went to the same OB that I had with my first son. So I was comfortable with their practice. I liked them a lot. And at one point I noticed kind of midway through my pregnancy that I had um, some urinary leakage. And I see, and a lot of people say, oh, that's so common. That happens when you're pregnant, right? All the pressure and all that. But it just seemed a little bit like, oh, something else might be going on. So I asked for a referral to um, a pelvic floor physical therapist. Okay. Yeah. And then, so I was diagnosed there with, um, and I always butcher this word, but, um, diastasis, Uh just that abdominal separation. And so it was, it wasn't, um, it was functional, so it wasn't too bad, but it was good that I, I went to her through my whole pregnancy, um, to work on that. And then some pelvic floor stuff, which ended up being super helpful in labor. That is such a great idea. And something that we do not utilize enough is pelvic floor physical therapist. Absolutely. I am telling everyone I can about it because it was it was so helpful. Like my pushing and everything was a whole different story than the first time. And I think it was really due to going to see her. So yeah, so that was pretty much it. And then I would say the only other kind of big thing with my pregnancy was that it, it was in the thick of COVID, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how did that change things for you? It was just a weird time, like a lot of uncertainties. I went from working out in the field, going to clients' homes, to being home, having a three-year-old home, 
being tired, you know, because sure. I'm pregnant um, and not knowing like, what are the hospitals going to be like um, when I go to give birth in New York at that time, you know, people were birthing alone at a, you know, for a period of time. And so that was scary. Um, so I did reach out to a midwife and I thought about doing a home birth. Oh, wow. And yeah, and I almost did. We kind of went back and forth for a while. I had some prenatal visits with her and she was amazing and actually gave me some great pregnancy tips along the way. But then ultimately we ended up going the hospital route. Okay. Okay. You just felt like at the end that was going to work better for you or was it cost or I'm just curious what tipped you to stay in the hospital? Yeah. Well, I... We were, we're trying to move still to our, we have a farm and we weren't sure when we were going to move. And so I didn't know where we would be and I didn't know which house we would be having the birth in. There was just gotcha. like a lot going on and I um, felt like the hospital would just be a little more convenient. Um, and my husband's a first responder, so he felt more comfortable with the hospital setting and I wanted both of us to be on board. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual. Their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. So um, let's talk about what you did to prepare for your birth. And I want to um, also talk about like you, when you um, submitted your story, you talked about how you felt like you were ready um, emotionally and spiritually. So I would love to hear about all of the things that you did to prepare for your birth. Yeah. um, I think, gosh, what are some things I did emotionally? I did a lot of visualization from like the day I found out that I was pregnant. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was excited. I had a great first birth. So I think that I had that advantage going into the second one with a positive outlook and being excited to be pregnant. So I I would put music on while I was driving or working out that made me just feel really good. And then I would just visualize from start to finish what I wanted for my birth. And I did that a lot through my pregnancy. And then spiritually, um, just a lot of prayer. And I would try to meditate before I went to bed. Sometimes I would just kind of fall asleep. But just having that connection with, you know, my higher power with God throughout my pregnancy um, helps get through the COVID uncertainties and just preparing for whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And just practicing surrendering, I think, was something that I did. 
I love that. I think one of the things that we underemphasize is how that mental and emotional, and if it's important to you, spiritual preparation is just as important as learning some of the other things about birth. As a matter of fact, it's like the very first lesson in my course uh, is about getting your mindset in the right space because it's really, really important. And it doesn't have to be something that's overwhelming, you know, or like that is a lot of time or commitment. You just kind of incorporated it into your regular daily routine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then was there anything or were there things that you wanted for your birth? Yeah. I, so I kind of did like a, a dream birth story. I wrote out like what what probably can't happen, but in like a perfect world, what would I have? And then from there, I kind of took pieces and made a list of preferences. So some of the preferences I had was to have an unmedicated birth. Um, I definitely wanted, you know, my partner to be my husband to be there. And another woman, I just wanted that female comforting mm-hmm. presence. Um, that was really important to me. I wish that I could have had my mom and all my sisters there. I have three sisters, but due to COVID, that wasn't possible. So I had a doula and she was amazing. So those were, yeah, that was pretty much it. I just wanted unmedicated, you know, as close to as natural as, as I could get safely and then my support people. Right, right, right. And when you were visualizing, when you were writing this down, when you were really like, setting that intention and putting that energy out there was it that I guess did you have flexibility around it like were you thinking it has to be this way or it can't go any other way or did you have the mindset that I know that it can be um birth can be unpredictable like where was your your headspace I guess in that regard I think I definitely um, was th- was flexible with it. Yeah, I, I totally understand that it can be unpredictable. I was prepared that I could possibly give birth at home and then possibly be in the hospital for two days. So yeah, I think I was open to, to all the options. Gotcha, gotcha. And did you did you ever discuss any of your wishes for your birth with your OB? I did. I started talking to her pretty early on this time about um, things I wanted, things that would pertain to her, I think. So I was kind of clear, like I, she knew I wanted an unmedicated birth. Um, and I also told her I, I didn't want coached pushing this time. Mm-hmm. I really just wanted to stay in my labor land zone and do it myself. And so she was like, okay, yeah, we can do that. She was really open to to the things that I wanted. Oh, good. So she was receptive to the things that you were were saying. She was. I think, you know, by the time I had my second baby, we had a pretty good trusting relationship that I felt like went both ways. Like I trusted that she was going to listen to me. And then I felt that she trusted that I could do it, which is so empowering, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And did you know for sure that she was going to be there for your birth? Or was it a possibility that it could have been one of the other physicians in the practice? Um, I think it could have been a possibility that it could have been someone else. There's a few other people, but she kept saying, I'm going to be there. I'm going to catch this baby because she wasn't there for the first one. Okay. And she was there. So it worked okay. out. Okay. Well, good, 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 good. So let's talk about what was your labor and birth like all the details. All right. Um, yeah, so I went into labor 
kind of a week before I gave birth. And I just was starting to feel like things were opening up and things were changing and moving. Um, but I was only at that time 36 weeks pregnant. So I was like, huh, this is kind of early. But um, I told my my doula, like, come over this week if you can and meet with my husband because we had never met all together yet. Uh, gotcha. I think things are moving, you know, kind of more quickly. So we did that on a Friday. And then on a Sunday, I had my baby shower. Um, and it was really small due to COVID, but it was just a nice gathering. Um, and I ate tons of donuts. And <laughs> but while I was there, I was feeling like kind of those cramping, like period-like cramps. And I hadn't had that throughout my pregnancy. So I didn't tell anyone. I just was sort of noticing it. And then around 4 p.m., we'd been there for a while, I was getting really kind of tired and my back was getting really sore. So my friend was massaging it and she was like, you, you're going to have this baby like really soon. And I was like, yeah, I know. So I went home and I tried to rest. And um, I called my sister and she was out with friends. It was kind of early evening. And I told her, if you're drinking, like, can you stop? like drinking because I might need you to drive (laughs) (laughs) to come over and watch our sister like we might be going to the hospital tonight I don't really know yet right like so sis I need you to put the drinks down (laughs) I need you to be prepared and ready to help right she was excited she's like okay so um so I tried to rest and I couldn't and I got in the tub and I couldn't really rest in there it was definitely like the cramping contractions were probably every maybe 10 minutes or so so I told my husband you know I'm gonna pack a bag and get yourself ready in case we need to go Um, I packed a bag and then by then it was maybe seven o'clock and I told my sister like okay come over because I think we're definitely gonna have to go and I was texting my doula also get kind of giving her a heads up and I got back in the tub and that was something I really had wanted was um well I would have loved to have a water birth but they don't have birth tubs at the hospital right wanted to labor in there as much as I could and I had my playlist on and that was helpful and then my sister came and I got out of the tub and she was awesome she's Um, My younger sister hasn't had any kids, but it's like her maternal instincts just switched on. And she knew like where to massage me. She made sure I drank a lot of water, took me to the bathroom a lot. And um, finally around maybe eight or nine, nine thirty, she was like, I think you need to really go. You need to go to the hospital now. And I was like, okay, I kind of was avoiding it. I'm like, you're right. By then my mucus plug and a side note, um, can we have a new word for that? <laughs> 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 I was my least favorite birth word. But anyways, um, so, you know, that came out. I was kind of starting to bleed. And so we were in labor. I was like, okay, I'm really happy. Right. And I was only 36 in four days. So I think I was kind of in denial. But he was gotcha. ready. coming. We were going. So. Uh, and how far away did you live? do you live from the hospital? Um, like 15 minutes. Okay, so not it didn't it wasn't like you had to drive a terribly long time. So you knew you could get there pretty quickly if you needed to. Yes. So I came downstairs and my son was so sweet. He's like, Oh, you're gonna go to the hospital. He was excited. And then my um, niece was here and my a couple of my husband's really close friends. They were all like having a party downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice because in my um like 
quote unquote dream birth story. That's what I wanted was just like everyone I love to just be like having a really good time around right. me. Um, so it was really kind of, kind of cool. And then so we left and my sister came and my husband drove and she kept giving me that counter pressure on my back because that felt really good um, through my contractions. And I had like a really kind of sense of humor. I was sort of getting maybe deliriously tired. I don't know, but I just <laughs> everything. It was kind of weird, but I was just sort of in this dreamy, happy space and I was making and stuff. And so anyways, we got to the hospital. She dropped us off and um, I went in to triage by myself because that was that COVID um, new rule. So I went in, my husband waited in the um, outside they did the COVID test, which was pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, it's like a brain swab almost. It, that it thing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't want to have to do that again. But um, we had that. And then the nurse was kind of, you know, this was sort of like the only thing about my birth that I didn't, that was kind of could have gone better was she was just kind of insensitive. Like I felt like I was going in for some kind of routine surgical procedure it didn't feel warm or special at all and maybe she was just having a bad day or something you know I don't know but this was like hey lay down fill this out I'm gonna give you this COVID test and then she's like hey I need to check you and I said well do you really need to she said well how am I gonna know you're in labor I was like, because I, I am. But <laughs> she asked me, and she's like, okay, you're at a seven. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's good. Um, so they admitted me, and then my doula and my husband came in. And I did, did you have to keep the same nurse, or did you have a different nurse? Um, she was the triage nurse. Okay. Yeah, so she was still present for the birth, but not as involved. Um, I had another nurse, and she was really sweet. She was really good. Um, yeah, so they got me kind of comfortable, um, and I I was having a hard time getting comfortable. The contractions were pretty intense at this point, and um, even counter pressure didn't feel good. I didn't really want to be touched anymore, and I remember I just kept saying, like, every time a contraction would come, I'd be like, okay, okay, like, I was like, all right, we just can get through this one. Um, and I was trying to just stay connected to the baby and move him down um, the birth canal and just stay open and relax. And my doula helped with that, like making sure my jaw was relaxed and my body was relaxed. And I was on my hands and knees for a while. Um, and then finally around maybe 10.30, after being in there maybe half, an hour or so my water broke and it okay. was a crazy volcano explosion <laughs> I've never I've watched a lot of birth movies and I've never seen that like it a was, like a tidal wave of yes. fluid you're like did that all just come out of my body yeah everyone yeah. was like whoa that was crazy <laughs> so um and then after my water broke, um, it was just a few more contractions, and then I could feel him right there. And I told the OB, meanwhile, was sitting in the corner, just doing some notes. And she said, "You just let me know when you're ready. When you're ready for me to check you." Um, so then I said, "Okay, I think the baby's coming." So she checked me, and she said, "Oh yeah, you're right there. You just push whenever you're ready." So she was really just supportive in the sense of just being there and trusting that I could do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
that's re- that's really really important. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a little different than my first birth where I felt like a ton of people rushed in the room like there was an emergency about to happen, you know? And this time it was just very quiet, the lights were low, and I pushed a few times and on my back, that just felt good. I thought I'd like to push on my hands and knees or in like more of a creative position, you know, but really just being on my back felt really fine. I kind of was tilted to the side a little bit and, um, and I pushed a few times and, and then his shoulder was stuck for a second. So I just thought to myself, oh, heck no, we're not, <laughs> kind of, we're getting him out. I'm getting him out pushing on my own. So I did and I pushed him out and then I reached down. I kind of had my hands down there most of the time and I reached down and the doctor said, um, what did you get? Because I didn't know. We didn't know what we were having. Oh. Yeah. It was like a gift. What did you get? And I was like, oh, it's a boy, which I was shocked. I thought I was having a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was a boy. And he was like seven pounds. At 36, not quite 37 weeks? Yes. Oh, yeah. He was going to be nine pounds if you would have gone yeah, further. Yeah, my dad- like no thank you he's ready to go yeah yeah sometimes babies come a little bit early they're just done a little bit early so from start to finish from when you got to the hospital from to when you had the baby like how long was that um maybe like two hours okay nice nice but you already got to the hospital you were seven centimeters so you were like well over halfway across the finish line at that point yeah. And then what did you say? Like, I'm, I don't know what's going on with my brain. But did you say you did a childbirth education class or read any books or anything like that to prepare? Yes, I well, So with my first so three years ago, I did the Bradley method. Class. Uh-huh. Okay. I did that with my husband. Um, and so that was good. So I didn't do it again. because I felt sure. like I was refreshed on that. And then um, I read a lot of books and I listened to a lot of podcasts. Gotcha. 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 And um, so they did actually let your doula in because some hospitals were not doing that. They were only letting your partner in. So they let both of them in. They did. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's nice. That's really nice. And then I just, I, it's interesting. Did you deliver at the same, it was the same hospital and like three years apart. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. But you said the first time the energy in the room was just a lot different. It was at the end, like the, while I was laboring, it was similar, just a nurse and my support people. But once I was time to push, the midwife came in um, and then I felt that there were like three or four other people in there. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't really remember. Right, right, right. Interesting. And it wasn't like, and you said then this time though, it was more like the lights were down. The atmosphere of the room was just a little bit different. It was. Yeah. And I think that that makes a difference. Like I, I always, you know, want to go with whatever the birthing person wants, but I think dim lights and like that energy that's created in the room is um, important and helpful for like when you're giving birth, it just kind of helps set the tone for the situation. Absolutely. I think if you don't feel safe and relaxed, you're not, your body's not going to open up and, you know, do what it needs to 
do. Yeah, 100%. And did you do anything like um, listen to music or anything while you were in labor? Yeah, I had my playlist. So kind of towards the end, I was like, my music, my music. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, she made a playlist. So they found it and they put it on. And I had um, a mixture of like some Christian, like spiritual music. And then I kind of was, for some reason with this pregnancy, really into like R&B, like old hip hop. Right. I wanted kind of really like sexy music. I don't know what it was. It's just <laughs> the mood that I kind of was feeling. Okay, you have to tell me some of the songs that you that you had. Oh my gosh, I I am the worst with thinking of songs. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would have to back and look. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm just curious. I just think that's hilarious that you might have like you know a gospel music mixed in with like. Yeah. The R and B hip hop music, yeah, that was kind of my vibe. <laughs> hey, so you made it this far in the episode, and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially, if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the all about pregnancy and birth community. Now back to the show. Oh, now one of the things um, you mentioned in your story is that you had some folks there through technology. Like who did you have there on video? Oh, yeah. My husband had um, my sister that was at home with my son. So um, they were watching and he he got to watch with her. So that was kind of cool. And then my two sisters live in San Diego. So they were watching and my mom and her partner and my husband's mom who lives on another island. And he had set up a Zoom meeting for them. Wow. Okay. And did that bother you? Did you even notice that they were there? You probably may not have. Um, I only at the very end. And they might have only been connected at the very end. Um, the only person I heard was one of my sisters. And she was like, you can do it. Good job, Brookie. And then I heard my other sister like, shut your mouth. She's in labor. (laughs) So it was kind of funny because, you know, my little sisters are bickering. I was kind of like comforting. And then, um, and then at one point I heard my mom and that was really nice because 
I had wanted her to be there, you know? Yeah, yeah, that is nice. That is nice. And it sounds like your doula was very helpful. Yeah, yeah, she was great. She was um, reassuring and helped get me into some good positions and like supported my head. Just all this, the wonderful things that doulas do. Gotcha, gotcha. And do you think she worked well, like you said she hadn't met your husband up until that last point. Do you think that she was there, like worked well to support him as well or like kind of support you both? Yes, absolutely. She was a really good fit um, for him because he wanted, he likes to do the tech support. Like he's my cheerleader, but she was more hands-on um, and didn't push him to, to get in there and do it. Like she understood kind of our flow of what worked for us. So gotcha. Gotcha. And how many times did you meet with her during your pregnancy? Um, I met with her twice on the phone and then once in person. Um, and I, I knew her through friends. So we kind of are from the same circle of people. So I felt really comfortable with her. Gotcha. 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 Um, so what was the postpartum period like for you, both in the hospital and then once you got home? Yeah, um, immediately after baby was born, his sugars were low, I think because he was early. So that was a little scary only because they were saying, if we can't get his sugars up, then we're going to have to take him to the nursery and do an IV. Um, And I was like, I really don't want that to happen. And I wouldn't have been able to go with him to the nursery because of COVID. So um, I was just working on nursing him. And he was kind of a lazy latcher at first. He was you know, he was tired. Um, so they were encouraging me to pump and syringe feed him. And I didn't really want to do that. I just kind of really wanted to work on getting his latch. But I did um, hand express into his mouth just to get him kind of like get the sugars going. Um, and they, poor baby, they did a lot of heel sticks throughout that night and the next day. And then finally his sugars stabilized. Okay. And my husband stayed with me the first night. And then the next day, he had to go back home and get our son and kind of get things going. So I stayed by myself. I stayed two nights. So I stayed by myself the second night and just rested. And the nurses were really awesome. I met with the lactation consultant two times, really just because I wanted her to reassure everyone that we were good and we could go because they were worried about um, his sugars and his weight was dropping a little and things like that. Um, but she reassured you know, me and the, the other nurses that the latch looked good and it would be okay. So we um, we went home and yeah, just sort of jumped right into life. <laughs> I, I really loved the idea of laying in like for those 30 or 40 days after baby's born. Um, but with a three-year-old, it's a little tough. Yeah. But my husband was pretty helpful. You know, he took over a lot of his caretaking for the first week or so. So that was really good. And I got to just bond with baby. And I felt like I didn't bond with him in pregnancy as well as with my first, just because I was so much busier this time. And maybe because I didn't know the sex. I don't know if that played a part. Huh. Um, And you knew it the first time? I did. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if that played a part or not, but... um, so I really wanted to just kind of get to know him and and also get his weight up, like get that nursing going. So we had a lot of doctor's appointments for the first few weeks. 
and now he's three months and he is in like the 90th percentile <laughs> super chubby baby oh yeah and my healing went really well i forgot to mention in my birth um story part right. that tear and that was something i really really wanted this time it's because i had torn with my first um when i when i pushed gotcha so, that that pelvic floor therapy was super helpful. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I didn't tear, so my um, healing was was really really quick. Um, I also did some pelvic steaming. I don't know if you're familiar with that or had anyone come on and talk about that, but it's like that steaming with herbs and stuff. I've heard about it, but never have um, you know don't know much about it. So tell me what that entails. Um, so you just boil herbs and I got herbs from um, a midwife who kind of puts together a specific postpartum blend. You just boil them and you sit on a chair with an opening and steam. Um, I started like a week postpartum and steam every day for like 20 days or so for like just 10 minutes. And it just helps with sort of, you know, safely and gently clearing everything out and really repairing those those tissues and stuff so just kind of a nice, nice practice yeah how do you make sure like the I feel like I've heard horror stories of like burns and things like that do you just obviously just make sure the water's not too hot yeah yeah I'm just yeah. making sure it's a gentle steam and it's if it's too hot for your hands then don't sit and just kind of um make sure it's just warm, but not hot. <laughs> gotcha. And you did that every day for 20 days, you said? About, yeah. And some days I would miss it because I just was like busy, but um, but I tried to as much as I could. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And did you do your first birth unmedicated as well? Yes. Okay. 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 At this point, we had some technical difficulties in the recording on my side. So the last few minutes of the conversation went like this. Here's how Brooke felt about her birth. I feel really good about everything. I don't think there's anything that I would have changed other than, you know, if I was going to be super nitpicky, the way that my triage experience went, it would have been nice, you know, to have someone in there with me to continue supporting me because I was in there for about a half an hour by myself in active labor. And then when I got my IV, just as like a precautionary, you know, how they place an IV, um, it, my hand was like falling asleep and tingly through the rest of my labor. And I wanted it to be taken out, but they were like, oh, we probably shouldn't, you know, it's safe to keep it in. And I understand that. So I just let it stay. But that was just, it was just irritating, but wasn't a huge deal. <laughs> and here is Brooke's favorite piece of advice that she would give to other pregnant women. To keep it broad, I would say just to make a big deal out of it. Like birth is a big deal. Um, and bringing a baby into this world is like one of the most important things we can do. Um, so it's okay to, you know, talk about it a lot and educate yourself and prepare physically and spiritually and emotionally, you know, within your means, whatever, you know, you're able to do. Um, because I think women are not a lot of, you know, friends and family that I see were just so busy. And it's like, 
having a baby is just this thing you're kind of doing on the side and then you get through postpartum and you go back to work and it's no big deal and I think it just needs to be celebrated more and get excited about it so yeah and finally here is where you can find Brooke online I'm on Facebook and it's not a like a professional it's just my personal Facebook um Brooke K Jacobson and then on Instagram um I have my kind of private practice up and coming site it's called in grace services I still have a little baby but soon I'm hoping to offer doula services and then I also um am a perinatal mental health counselor so I would love to work with new parents and mothers in that first year after baby and before during pregnancy too. Wasn't that just an absolutely delightful episode? She has a really like calming energy and lovely voice as well. So I know you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Now, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Nicole's Notes, which are my top three or four takeaways from the episode. And I actually had a hard time narrowing it down to three or four for this episode with Brooke, but here we go. All right. Number one, Brooke approached preparing for her pregnancy in a really holistic fashion. So she did visualizations, she did meditation, she did prayer. She also saw a pelvic physical therapist for some physical preparation. She, of course, knew the things like how to push and the stages of labor and sort of what to expect as well. It's really important that you have that holistic preparation. That is how you have the best chances of having a really beautiful and fulfilling birth experience. Now, this does not have to be overwhelming. You don't have to be studying books or reading or doing things every single day. You just do a little bit here, a little bit there to get yourself ready and prepare. That holistic approach is really, really important. We know that that mindset is important. That's one of the things, it's actually the very first lesson of of my course, the birth preparation course. We know that there's that mind-body connection, so that's important. That physical preparation is important. You may not necessarily go to a, a pelvic physical therapist, but even just moving your body, whether it's walking, whether it's yoga, some sort of exercise is helpful as well. So that holistic preparation is key. Number two, Brooke discussed her wishes for her birth with her care provider. This is something that I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend. It's something that I teach in my free online class on how to make a birth plan that works. You can check out that class at drnicolerankins.com forward slash register. But really your birth plan, birth wishes, although they are about putting down what you want for your birth, making your birth wishes should really be a process of discussing what you want for your birth with your care provider so that everyone is on the same page. So that when you go into your birth, you know that you have a team of people who are there to support you in the things that you want for your birth. So it's really important to discuss those birth wishes with your care provider. If you show up with that birth plan at the hospital, that can often be too late, really, in order to to really make sure you get the birth that you want. I'm not saying that it's always going to be 
bad if you show up like that, but you have a better chance of having the birth that you want if you discuss those wishes during your pregnancy. And I teach you how to do that inside that free online class, how to make a birth plan that works. That's drnicolerankins.com forward slash register. And then the final thing I want to say is I really appreciated how Brooke was open and flexible to trying different things to find things that work. She talked about how counter pressure initially worked and then later it didn't work. She talked about how it actually worked for her to push on her back, even though she thought it wasn't going to work pushing on her back. Really, that flexibility is key. There is no cookie cutter approach to how you can have labor and birth. You really need to be flexible and open to all of the possibilities. So I suggest you don't say things like, I don't want to push on my back, or I only want to push on my side, or I only want this, or I don't want that. You really need to be open to all of the possibilities because honestly, you will not know what you want in the process until you get there. I actually just recorded an episode yesterday, a birth story, and she talked about how she really thought she was going to want massage, but in the moment, she didn't want anybody to touch her during the labor and birth. So really being flexible and open is key, but also knowing what your options and possible things are that you can try is just as important. So flexibility, being prepared, knowing your options, really, really, really super important. Goes back to that holistic preparation. All right, so that is it for this episode of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify. If you feel so inclined, of course, I would love it if you leave an honest review in Apple Podcast. It really helps the show to grow. The show is growing leaps and bounds in the last few months in particular. I know that it's all thanks to you and you spreading the word and you leaving reviews. I so, so, so appreciate it. I just recently crossed 350,000 total downloads, and that is just so amazing, and I'm appreciative and grateful of all of you who give me a little bit of your time to listen. So if you leave that review in Apple Podcasts, we can help even more women find the show as well. Now, don't forget to check out the resources that I talked about, the free online class on how to make a birth plan that works. You can get that at drnicolerankins.com forward slash register. Or if you're ready to dive all the way in, check out the birth preparation course. That's drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. Um, you get lifetime access to the course. So you enroll now and you can have it for all your future pregnancies. There's also a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not happy with it, you can um, get your money back within the first 30 days. Now, next week on the podcast, we're talking about one of my favorite things, and that is prenatal yoga. So do come on back next week. And until then, I wish you a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.